Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We're delighted that you're joining us again today for this another week of our TSC Music podcast. And in the studio with us today, our very own, right here from Times Square Church, Elder David O'Neill. David, so glad to have you. It's great to be here, Greg. <laughs> now, I should have asked you to bring a guitar. I forgot to ask you to do that. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize <laughs> that you play guitar, but you I do. I do a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Awesome. Now, we want to start at the beginning because a lot of people see you as elder here at the church. They hear you preach. They know you as a minister of the gospel. Those who know you personally know you as a school teacher. They know you as a dad. They know you as a husband. Uh, and then we also know you as a PK. Yes. Uh, so we want to talk a little bit about that today. A lot of times on the podcast, we'll have, uh, we'll talk to artists and talk about their songs and the stories behind their songs. And on other occasions, uh, we'll get a little more theological. And today, we want to talk about the word and as it relates to uh, worship. And we are glad to have you with us uh, today. We're going to take a quick break because we want to plug all of our plugs now and come back and talk to our very home, Elder David O'Neill, right here on TSC Music with a mission. The adult and youth praise choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then Projection Ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music. Then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. Have you ever felt that you just can't take one more thing in your life? If just something else that's negative comes your way, you just feel like your whole ship is going to go down. Well, in the Gospel of Mark chapter 4, there were some people where that same thing was threatening to happen to them. They were going across a lake and suddenly a great storm began to beat against that boat. The waves were flowing into it to the point where one more wave was probably going to bring it down. Thinking that God was asleep and didn't care, they cried out and they said, Master, do you not care that we perish? Now, it wasn't much of a prayer, but it's what came from their heart. God, would you help us? We're going down. And speaking about Jesus, it says he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. When you begin to pray, the very first thing that will come into your heart is a sense of peace and a sense of calm. Really, it is time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. And we're back, and we're in the studio with David O'Neill, one of the elders here at Times Square Church. Again, so glad to have you. It's great to be here, Greg. You sound like you're supposed to be hosting this. You've got that radio voice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they fix me up, so I sound like it. But you, <laughs> you, you sound you, great, you sound Greg. You sound great. At it. So let's start at the beginning. You, you are a preacher's kid. Yes. Grew up in the church. Grew up in the church. PK, and if there's a term for it, also the son of a PK. So my granddad was a pastor, mm-hmm. um, and my mom married uh, uh, my dad, and he he studied to be a pastor. And uh, so I was I was 
at one time in the church where my grandfather was the pastor and my dad was the associate pastor, mm-hmm. which wow. is uh, kind of interesting. And my mom was the choir director at that time. So, yeah, I grew up in the church. So you were third generation. Third generation, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so where did the musical background come in? Where, where did you start playing? You know, my dad was very musically inclined. My dad played the guitar, always singing, always singing at home, mm-hmm. singing in church. Uh, I don't know if it's a Hispanic thing, but during <laughs> Christmas time, we would go out to do what they call parrandas to ah. different homes. And we would just uh, yeah. like uh, play in front of their homes, in front of their apartments. And they opened up. We'd eat there. Then we'd gather more people, go to another those. apartment, play some songs. And so it was Christian parrandas. You know, That's we'd, awesome. Yeah. We'd go from apartment to apartment. I've heard about them. I, I have longed to be a part of them because I've heard about, I mean, I've, of course, we appreciate the worship and the, and the singing. But, man, I heard the food is just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it a lot in Puerto Rico. Right. But I, I didn't grow up in Puerto Rico. I, I lived there later on in my life. But uh, there, in, uh, but we were able to do it here in in New York. Uh-huh. So it was interesting to go to different apartment buildings and go yeah. to the apartment and sing without you know actually knowing if they're there or not. Right, right. And uh, it was really cool. And so, would you play and sing as well? I learned later on, mm-hmm. and I learned a little bit from my dad, a little bit from somebody else, and like that, I would just pick up things from. From other guitar players that I was. So see. I assume your dad was a guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played uh, guitar. And a singer. Uh, he would sing. My mom always sang. My mom always directed choirs. So mm. there was music all around us. Right, right. Yeah. Now your mom played piano, or she what played she just piano, vocal? organ. Yeah, wow. I never learned to read music though. Mm. Um, I just wanted to learn quickly, and I didn't have like the patience. <laughs> yeah. My sister learned how to read music. My brother, I think, learned how to read a little bit of music. I just wanted to play, right? You know, so I'd say, "Mom, teach me this," and she would teach me a little bit, and then I would put another piece together. She would teach me a little other part of it, and I would just memorize it mm-hmm. and uh, play things. And people would hear me play like something on the piano, like Ferlis, uh, Beethoven. And they would say, wow, you could play piano. But I didn't know how to play piano. I just learned it by just had a good memorizing. Ear. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how I learned. Same way. Only it wasn't my mom. I was just, she was dragging me to church and I was just watching the organist at the church. So wow. Very wow. similar. So, so at what point did you commit your life to the Lord? Okay. Actually, in, in Puerto Rico, I was attending a church. Um, I was now in college. I had moved to Puerto Rico. My parents Unfortunately, got divorced when I was in uh, high school, starting high school. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Puerto Rico. My mom had a home over there. And uh, uh, as an adolescent, I wasn't ready to become the man of the house. So I went through a hard time uh, just dealing with the issue of the divorce. Back then, it was really a scandal for a pastor to divorce his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, God got us through it. God, I saw God's faithfulness to my mom in such a special way, becoming her 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 strength, mm-hmm. her provision, everything. So God got a hold of my life back when I was young in college. And I, I started thirsting after the things of God. I still wasn't fully committed, but I saw God's hand in my family. I mm-hmm. saw God's faithfulness to my mom, and, and I wanted that change. I wanted what everybody was talking about, uh, being born again. I hadn't experienced being born again yet i was just churched right so i i knew the theology i knew the songs i could uh, you know i could even talk to you about god but i hadn't experienced that encounter that i had heard so much since i was a little kid you need an encounter personal encounter with god so that god will be your god not just your mom's god or your dad's god 
when I came to New York, <clears throat> uh, I came to Times Square Church. And the first night I was here, I, I surrendered my heart to the Lord. Didn't know what to expect. I just knew I needed God. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked if you were here for the first time, you can go downstairs and there's some counselors that will pray for you. I went downstairs. They said, how could I pray for you? I said, listen, I, I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not living right. And God knows what's in my mind and my heart. And he just prayed. He just prayed a simple prayer. The counselor at that time, he just said, God, give him Holy Ghost backbone, mm-hmm. you know, to, to stand in this hour, this evil hour. I went home that night changed, totally changed. Wow. Uh, I didn't know what had happened to me, but I felt different. Uh, the next morning I woke up, I didn't have the same urges to do the things I was hooked on. And I was just free. I was like, wow, what has happened to me? I said, if this lasts a week, then this is the real thing, you know. And two days went by, three days went by. I was thirsting and hungry for God in love with Jesus again. And it was like, uh, I was saying, now I know what I've been singing so long, you know, just in words. Now I know it in reality. Right. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, you know. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It was all a reality mm-hmm. to me. He had broken chains in my heart and my mind that nobody else knew about. It was just this facade, living a, a Christian life that's just a, a game. Mm-hmm. You know, you do the right thing in church, but in your right. mind, you're just full of dead man's bones. You know? That's that's where I was. Mm-hmm. And God just cleansed me. I felt clean. I, I didn't feel the lusts and the, the drives that, that had me bound. And uh, the songs we sang in church now became a reality, yeah, you know? Yeah. It was like awesome. Media. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I was alive in yeah. God, you know? And it, and my wife, at the time I was married, uh, with the wife that I still have, she she saw the change in me. She, Other people saw the change and said, oh, it looks like he's just uh, going through a fad, a new phase in his life. But no, it was, mm-hmm. it was God totally. It stuck. It stuck to this day, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Now, I think we've all had that experience to some extent or another. Yeah. Uh, but it's so my story, the same, very same thing, you know, uh, sitting in the church service and uh, radically changed. Oh, man. Radically changed. Man. You know? And most people don't understand it. You know, it's hard yeah. for people to embrace it when they know you win. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, you win, yeah, yeah. You know, but praise God. Praise God. Yeah. We're going to take another break. Come right back right here on TSC Music with. Elder, I almost called you pastor, see that? Okay. Elder David O'Neill. Okay. <laughs> right after this. this. <laughs>
and we're back, and we're just at just scraping the tip of the iceberg with Elder David O'Neill here at TSC Music and here at Times Square Church, and we're just hearing about how God changed his life, radically changed his life, even after some difficult times in, in the family. And uh, so you say you got saved, you, you, you went to your wife, and uh, she noticed the change. What <laughs> happened? Did it change her? Did it change you know your what? marriage? Oh, definitely changed our marriage. I'm telling you, and she knows this, if God hadn't rescued me when he did, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that by now, we're going on 26 years of marriage wow, now this year, but um, I'm sure my marriage would have been just uh, destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, not not that we were talking about divorce, because we wouldn't talk about divorce, but mm-hmm. my, my heart and my mind, uh, they were just not there. I was not the man of God, the husband that God had called me to mm-hmm. be. Wow. So he rescued me. When I say he saved me, he saved my marriage. He saved right. my family. He saved me completely. Awesome. Yeah. So obviously that draws you closer to him. You grow into a more intimate relationship with him. People see that it exudes out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grow in the grace and the knowledge of him through through his word and through prayer. Families are now affected. You know, generations down the line Absolutely. will be affected. Your, your girls will be You have two daughters. Two daughters, yeah. Um Tell, tell our listeners their names, you know, social security numbers, credit card numbers, and all that. Sierra's 19, Destiny's 13 right now. 19 and 13. And we didn't have them at the time when I got saved, but God began to stir my heart and said, you're responsible for your, your family and for your kids. And I was like, I don't know when we're going to have kids, but I, I felt that stirring of the Lord that I was responsible as to what church I was going to bring them mm-hmm. up in. And he began to lead me out of the church that I was in a denominational church. And um, it wasn't that I wanted to leave them. I, I, I felt, wow, what, what I have now, I want to share with the young people there. Mm, and I was involved right. with the young people. So I was, I was doing Sunday school and, and loving it and really just preparing myself from Monday through Sunday, just preparing for that day. I was, that was my calling. I was mm-hmm. like, this is what's going to happen. In my mind, I was thinking they're going to catch fire. And then they'll they'll provoke the older generation to je- jealousy, and they'll be like revival. That's right. what I thought. And God began to whisper in my heart, "No, it's time to to leave. It's time to be faithful to the church that's uh, feeding you." Mm-hmm. And that was Times Square Church, and um, and that wasn't being preached from the pulpit. I wasn't hearing it from any pulpit here. They were not encouraging you to leave your church and come. Right. But God was speaking it to my heart, and I mm-hmm. shared it with a few people, and they said, "No, I don't think so." Times Square Church already has their leadership. You know, mm-hmm. you're bilingual. You're, you you do well in a Hispanic church, and mm-hmm. you know. But I wasn't looking for leadership. I was just looking to follow yeah, God's yeah. God's direction, wow. and I was hungry for God, and I was enjoying every moment of it. And I didn't want to leave that church, but God was calling me out. Mm-hmm. So I said, God, if this is you, you're going to have to touch my wife and speak to her because she's comfortable there. Mm-hmm. She's happy. They've received her as a family. It's a Hispanic church. Her English wasn't good at that time. Mm-hmm. So to come to Times Square Church and begin to listen to English preaching, you know, was wow. not the easiest thing for her. But one day out of the clear blue, one Sunday, I remember she told me, David, we got to find another church. And I was like, yes, <laughs> celebrating inside. I was jumping up and down. I just spoke to her calmly. I said, well, how about Times Square Church? And she says, well, for a while, uh-huh. we could probably go there, but I really need a smaller church, Hispanic right, right. church. <laughs> but I knew God had, had answered my prayer, you know, and had confirmed it to her heart to leave. 
So, uh, yeah, that's when we came over to Times Square Church. We, we finished our responsibilities there at the mm-hmm. denominational church, and we spoke to the pastor, and we left on good terms with them. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. So you end up here. You've been here now how long? Wow. Uh, okay, Sierra is 18 years old, uh, so probably 19 years. Wow. So you were here nearly at the beginning. Yeah, when still, they first had come to the this theater, this the theater. Mark Hellinger Theater. Right, yeah. right. Great. Wonderful. So you served or, or were under the leadership of, of Pastor Dave Yes, uh, at the time. So you've seen the transition. And after all these years, you're still here. Uh, yes. People have come and gone. You are now serving as an elder. How long now? I lost count. Lost count. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> for, for, for over 10 years. Yeah. Um, Since they first... Uh, Called the eldership on board. Right, uh, right. So it's whenever been, that was. That okay. Was, that was it's been a little while now. And uh, and so you've got various responsibilities within the, the confines of, of, of the church, that is. And, of mm-hmm. course, you're teaching and preaching. Um, when you – and then you talked about your daughters. Cause I want to go back to this. You talked about your girls. And I've got two girls, and so I'm going to pick your brain. Cause <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> you're, you're where i got to be at some point. Uh, you've got a 19-year-old. Is that right? 19? She's going to be 19. She'll this, be 19 and summer. a 13? No, 18. I'm sorry. 13. She's going to be 14 this summer, too. When when and, and and you also work with children, yeah. am I right? You're a school teacher. Yes, yes. Uh, now, what do you teach? Right now, I'm teaching phys ed, teaching. which is my background. What I uh-huh. studied in college to be a phys ed uh, teacher. Mm-hmm. But I've done everything under the sun uh, okay. in my 28 years there in the Department of Ed. All right. Yeah. So in the Department of Ed, New York, a dad of two girls, teenagers. You got to help me out here because mine is. <laughs> Six and two. <laughs> Got a long way to go, but I'm already seeing some transition, you know. Um, when you look at, and I, I want to be careful because I don't want to deem all of the kids in school as unsaved. But when you look at those who you know are not walking with the Lord, and you look at your girls who are walking with the Lord, th- there's clearly a, a, a yay and a nay or a good and a bad or a... Uh, uh, I don't want to call it evil, but there's there's an evil, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a good, there's a righteousness there, and there's an unrighteousness. As a dad, how do you balance? Uh, as a dad in ministry, how do you balance these teenagers who you who you raise, and in the ways and the admonition of the Lord? And every day you go back and you watch. I don't know several hundred a week, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, who are far from God. Families are far from God. I mean, what does that do? To, what does that do to your heart? First of all, uh, I don't know what it does to my heart, but I guess I would be able to say it just draws me to that place of trusting God. Because mm-hmm. I would, I would have to say that I deal with both uh, ends of the spectrum in in the same way. It's a walk of faith. It's mm-hmm. God. I need you to be the father that I need to be, and I need you to be the teacher over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need grace for both things. It's sure. not like I've got it down packed here. And 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 always when I look at my daughters, I, I have in mind my own experience that I was in church, but I needed a personal encounter with God. Yeah. So my prayer for my daughters is that they come to know God as their personal Savior, regardless of daddy and mommy. It's It's got to be their experience, their, experience, their yeah. encounter with God. So that's my prayer for them. That's my prayer for the kids in school. And if if God can use me at home, then God could use me mm. in, in the school. And, and it's by his grace, by his grace. It's not like I got it down packed and I'm a, 
I'm a great Christian dad. No, um, I need his wisdom. I need his grace. Uh, I need his power flowing through me so that they could see that God is genuine, that Jesus is genuine, you know, mm-hmm. see it authentic, authentic Christianity through my life. And that's my prayer in the workplace, that somehow these kids would see that Mr. O'Neill is uh, different, mm-hmm. you know, that he really cares, that right. it's genuine, that it's not just a religion, that it's a, a life, right. you know. And I, and I pray for the, even the gym. I say, God, let your presence be known here. Let the peace of God be mm-hmm. here. And and he, I need him. I need him sometimes like Daniel needed uh, the angel of the Lord to appear in the de- lion's mm-hmm. den. I, I, I'm not insulting the kids or anything right. like that, but that's how intense the battle is sometimes. Yeah. That I need God to just come in and give me strength to face the challenges of the, of the workplace. Right. And he does. He's an awesome God. He just comes and he's... And he's the same God that gives me grace to deal with my, my kids at home. Because <laughs> <laughs> people don't believe that you have to deal with your kids at oh home. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We go through battles. Yeah. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't see it as, <laughs> as anything. I don't see it as something so different one from the other. It's grace over here, grace over there. Right. And it's just one battle is not as intense yeah. now. You know? <laughs> right. They take turns. <laughs> right. Right. They're not battling. It's not crazy at the same time, I right. guess. You know? Thank God. <laughs> well, that's where the grace is. That's where the grace comes in. You know, it says, well, I'm going to give you enough over here. Because when you leave, you're going home and deal yeah, with this yeah. over here and vice versa. You know, I, I, I taught in school for a little while, uh, music and uh, K through through eighth grade. And wow. um, it was a Christian school. And I got to be honest with you, I, I struggled, man. I just, I struggled every day believing, one, that this was a Christian school. Two, <laughs> that any of these kids came from Christian homes. I mean, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. tough. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember walking out of there after four and a half years saying, I am never going to do this again never going to do this because i and i lost all confidence in christian schools because i was just like wow, you know what wow. if you can afford the tuition then you can go to a christian <laughs> school it didn't mean that you were coming from a christian yeah, home and yeah, it didn't yeah. but somewhere in my young mind i thought that nobody in their right mind would enroll their children into a christian school if they weren't christians right and man was i wrong yeah 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 <laughs> i was so wrong but the but the battle was just intense because you you know, and I was young in the Lord. I was, you know, I was on super on fire. You know, it was mm-hmm. just you know, lay hands on a cat and just you know say <laughs> be healed that kind of thing, and um, and wanted to see the you know the miraculous happen. Right. And um, you know, and at the Christian school, I had the opportunity to to anoint because I was a phys ed teacher too. By the way, serious. I taught music and phys ed. That's awesome. I taught phys ed and uh, on Wednesdays, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and music Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Fantastic. It was. So Pretty insane life. Uh, wow, wow. Um, but I remember, uh, you know, in that Christian school, having the privilege, because it was a, a church school, mm-hmm. to uh, to anoint the halls and anoint the walls in the right, gym right, and right. say, God, you know, yeah. you got to be here or, or else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, little Joe over here is about to get it today. Because, uh, uh, but having now, now, now you're a Christian. You're born again. Obviously, in the school system. I mean, you can walk through you through the hallways and be doing that. Obviously, you're not walking down with a big bottle of anointed oil and right. you know putting it over the doorways. But how do you find how do you find yourself able to walk in there? And when do you find that opportunity to to go into the school and say, "Lord, your presence be here with us." Tell us, tell our young listeners how that can be done in everyday way of life: school, work, train. 
bus, subway, you know, mm-hmm. college library. Yeah. Well, Christianity is a walk of life. It's it's a 24-7 thing. So when you're going into the workplace, it's not like you're hanging up the Holy Spirit somewhere on a hanger and, and, and then just going into a different mode. He's with you. God is with you. And he's stirring your hearts. And you're, 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 you're in communication with him. God, I need you today. God, touch my eyes. Uh, my prayer constantly has been, God, I want to see these kids the way you see them. I want to see my coworkers the way you see them. Um, touch my eyes. Let, even give me a second touch like you did that blind man that said, I see tree, uh, people like trees moving. Uh, it wasn't clear the way he saw people. So I ask God, I want a clear vision of how you love these kids, and I want to love them accordingly. So it's it's a it's a leaning on Him. It's mm-hmm. a sur- surrender of my life into His hands. God, if uh, just take my life and use me to touch mm-hmm. these kids. Um, I've found myself sometimes wanting to run away from from it all. You know, like counting the days to retirement. And and I've, the Holy Spirit has caught my heart and. and Put a check in my heart and says, mm-hmm. David, that's not what I called you to, to, to just look at how many days you got in the system and how many days are left. But uh, you're there for a purpose. Mm-hmm. So I, I bring my life back to him and say, God, I want to be a minister of the gospel wherever you take me, right. wherever you right. have me, whatever class I'm with. Uh, when I sense that fear of a certain particular rowdy group coming into it and I, I sense my heart mm-hmm. uh, agitated, it's uh, God... You didn't give me a spirit of fear. You gave me a, a spirit of love, of power, and sound mind. Give me that grace yeah. to just uh, confront my my fears and, and love on these kids. Right. You know, and he does. He comes in a mighty way. I could tell you testimony after testimony after testimony how he's come and how he's done awesome things. I'm not talking about uh, preaching to the kids. I'm not right. talking about them raising their hand and giving their heart to the Lord. I'm talking about just him coming and turning it all around mm-hmm. and 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 causing. Uh, uh, these kids that would have taken over the gym, let's right. say, or taken over the classroom and turn it around to, and put his peace there yeah. in a supernatural way. Uh, but it has come through prayer, through just surrendering my life to God and saying, God, it's all about you. God, come, come and have your way. He's opened the door to speak to kids, to open the door to speak to uh, colleagues of mine. Um, I'm not trying to push any door open. Mm-hmm. Just waiting on God. Uh, a few weeks ago, they sent me to uh, to score some tests and uh, to another school for a few days. And I was there uh, with another teacher from my school assigned. And we just had lunch together all those days. And he opened up, began to share with me his, his struggles. And mm-hmm. I just began to share Christ with him. And he told me, he says, you know what? I have the feeling this was... Uh, orchestrated to be it wasn't just an accident that yeah. you and me were here scoring tests so i know i know god is leading me i'm not that kind of guy that just uh speaks to jesus to everyone mm-hmm. you know um i want that i want that fervor i want that what we heard about this morning in the right. message i want that that power of god and that compassion of god so i'm praying for it mm-hmm. but i've seen in my own weakness in my own frailty god opening doors yeah. that yeah. i could have never opened you know, to speak and to share the love of God with uh, my colleagues. Yeah. There's a there's a sister in the choir that just joined recently who used to be a teacher in, in, mm-hmm. in our school. Oh, okay. And uh, she was going through some struggles of her own, and she asked me about 
this church? And I said, yeah, come come visit. Right. And, and she came and got hooked. And uh, now she's singing yeah. for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Amen. There, there is a, a peace in knowing when you know that God is with you. Yes. Um, and, and, I, and I love what you said. It's an everyday experience, which to me is an abiding presence. It's not an experience now. And then you look back and say, oh, I experienced God. No, I am experiencing him every day. It's a constancy. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and even for our young people who are listening, who serve in various secular positions or in secular areas, or, and even for those who serve in ministry, for that matter, uh, have to constantly be reminded that I'm called to live this thing yeah, wherever yeah, yeah. I am. It's not just on Sunday that I take it off the coat rack, you know, and, but it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day. <laughs> yeah, all I love it Sunday. when God tells Moses, "Take the shoes off your feet. This right. is holy this ground, is holy ground, and right. that's the ground that He used to shepherd on. He was, you yeah, know, yeah. full of dirt and full exactly. of dirt, yet it was holy ground because right. God was there. He was there, absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna take another break and come right back after this quick message. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is a provider. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God, God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio, where God is. And we're having a wonderful conversation with our very own David O'Neill right here in the studio of TSC Music. So we we got a better, a, a different picture now, not a different picture, but a more clearer picture of your background, what you do on a day to day basis, the dad, the husband, the the elder, the teacher, uh, the friend, the colleague, the coworker. Uh, 
But you're also a musician. You play guitar. Your mom taught you a few things. Your dad was a musician. I've heard you sing. I've heard you sing at 4 a.m. Now, people are probably trying to figure that out. But uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure that out. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> but, but you've let us in song at 4 a.m. On, on the prayer call, at 6 a.m. on the prayer call. Um, and sometimes I'm there, and I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm sounds glad. sounds a lot deeper then, right? <laughs> well, it's good, too, though. But I'm glad. I'm sitting there, I'm like, yes, David is the, like the guy. That, because they're not asking me to do it at 4 a.m. <laughs> Uh, but but I'm so I'm so blessed. I mean, a few years ago we had the pastors. This was probably oh gosh six, I don't know, several years ago we had all you guys, the elders, pastors oh, with their, remember, with their guitars, yeah, yeah, Pastor yeah, yeah, Neil, yeah, yeah. and uh, I think we put it on our website a little while ago. For Christmas, <laughs> yeah, that, for yeah. the volunteers banquet, and uh, and I think everybody was just taken by the fact that. There's so many musicians in, you know, Ignatius was playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were playing guitar. Pastor yeah. Patrick, Pastor, uh, Pastor Teresa, Pastor Carter, Pastor <laughs> Neil. It was like nine guitars up there. Pastor William on the drum. Uh, Pastor Ben was singing. And it was just, it was just awesome. Where is your music now? I mean, it's obviously not what you studied. You made that clear. Uh, but there's still a passion for worship and song with you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love uh, worshiping the Lord. And um, I'm just remembering a few months ago, my daughters were saying, Dad, you got to tone it down a little bit you know, because <laughs> you sing so loud. I hear it's like we can hear you so from so far away. And it was like God was, I don't know. I didn't know if it was God checking my heart. And I, I just mm-hmm. began to question Am I trying to draw attention to myself? Because I don't want to do that. So I, I began to tone it down. I was like, um, but then during one service, I said, no, I can't tone this down. <laughs> I'm not looking for anybody to right. to pay attention to me. I just want to sing at the top of my lungs. Yeah. And if I got the voice, then that's that's what I'm going to do. As mm-hmm. long as God gives me a voice, I'm going to sing for him. Um, musically speaking, I don't feel like I've got any special uh, musical gifts it's almost like everything has been cut a little short. I don't. I stopped learning guitar chords quite mm-hmm. a while ago, so I, I've just stayed kind of stagnant. And piano, I don't know much, but um, I'm saying, God, whatever you've given me, I'm just going to put it in your hands. I don't know what it's going to be used for, but it's in your hands to bless your name. Mm-hmm. Even if I gotta take the guitar and sing at a campfire with kids or something, whatever it could be used for, it's for His glory. I'm so blessed to be in this church and to mm. see the, the, the gifts and the, the talents that he's given uh, you guys. I stand in awe. I say, man, when I get to heaven, I want to play like Greg plays piano. <laughs> I want to be able to move my fingers like that. <laughs> if they're, if they're, I'm sure they have instruments up there. But uh, right now, I just want to worship God and, and bless him in, in, in church and uh, at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of styles of music, uh, there's not one particular style that, that I'm really boxed into to, mm-hmm. to listen to. It's almost like I've heard all sorts of music and at least one from different genres has, has even from genres that I thought never could be worship uh, right. inspiring music has, has been redeemed in my eyes, has been redeemed by that artist or mm-hmm. by that group. And, and I could see it with new eyes, you know, right. uh, 
Because before when I got saved, it was like, no, 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 you can't have Christian rap. You can't have Christian this or Christian uh-huh. that or, or, you know. But then I've heard songs and I've yeah. said, my God, that's anointed. Yeah, it's yeah. moved my heart. It's drawn me closer to God. So I, I'm, I'm not anyone to argue about styles of worship. Yeah. I, I just think it's in the heart of the worshiper, heart of the group. If their heart's right, then God's going to use their abilities and inspire them. And and uh, if he could use uh, uh, a donkey to speak to some prophet in, the, in yeah. the Old Testament, then he could use any style of music to reach a soul. You right, know? right. But it, but it starts in the heart of the individual. In the heart. In yeah, the heart. and it really does make make the song come alive. It, it makes a song believable Absolutely. When, when one is walking with the Lord. You said something earlier about uh, songs becoming more real when you started walking with the Lord seriously, like, uh, you know, hymns that you used to sing, they take on a whole new meaning when uh, you have come to a place in God where you have fully embraced uh, the Christ. You fully embrace the fact that no, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Right now. Amazing grace has a completely different meaning Absolutely. when I hear it, you know, and I've been, I've so been there, you know, one of my favorite hymns, was draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, and I can remember as as a younger Christian singing it, but never really desiring to get nearer, and never really knowing, well, never even desiring to know what that meant right. to, to get nearer to God or draw me nearer, mm-hmm. until He actually did it, right, right, right. <laughs> until I was rock bottom, you know, yeah. and 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 everything I thought was my world had just literally crumbled, wow. uh, all of the reputation, all of the accolades, all of the following had crumbled to the ground. Wow. And I sensed him just pulling me oh, and said, yeah. no, see, this has never been about you. This awesome. has always been about me. Yeah, yeah. This has never been about me following you. This has always been about you learning to follow me, Absolutely. <laughs> learning to follow me. Absolutely. And so it's been, it's been a real uh, wonderful experience to, 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 to grow in that way uh, with him. So you, you, you're not as prolific as you <laughs> say you'd like to be musically, but yet there's a song in you. Uh, where do you think that song comes from? I mean, outside of the fact that, yes, we grew up in the church, we've been singing all our lives, we're walking with the Lord. Where, where does this song come from? What makes us sing? Um, I feel like the leper that was sent to to show himself to the priest and then realized he was healed on the way, mm. and he just couldn't go on his way just with a testimony. He had mm-hmm. to come back and throw himself at the feet of Jesus and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, um, uh, he was a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said, where are there other ones? Where right. There were probably Jews and probably had more of a, a religious right to be at the feet of Jesus. But um, it was a Samaritan that came back, mm-hmm. understanding that it was all his mercy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my song. That's my song. I was, he could have left me in church mm-hmm. all the days of my life. And, and probably people would have said, oh, he died a good man. He was right. a good guy. He, he, he held this position in church. He held that position. But he didn't. Let me mm. go on my way. He he saved me. He cleansed me. And I just uh, feel so grateful for the fact that he didn't allow me to go on my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my, I was content to live a double standard. I, I, was, I was okay mm-hmm. living one thing in church and then living another thing and, and hoping that I'm saved. That, that was my, basically my life. I, I, I don't doubt it because doubt would be unbelief and I don't want to not believe, but I didn't know that I know that I know that I'm saved. Mm. And he could have just allowed me to go that way. But in his mercy, he, he touched me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the basis of my song. 
There's a song in my heart that the angels can't sing. Yeah. I'm redeemed. Yeah. I, I, he, he bought me. He didn't have to buy me. You know? Yeah. I guess, I don't know if that answers your oh, that question. Answers but, it. <laughs> that answers it. When, when you think about different styles of, of Christian music, because I've been turned on to samba. I, I've, I've always known samba. I've always listened to it in, mm-hmm. in different, at different points of my life. But there was a point, it was a season when I turned all of the other stuff off. But somebody had turned me on recently and over the past year or so to some Christian samba. Now, is that a style that you're, you're obviously familiar with? No, actually, no, I'm not. You're not. Um, I said obvious as if it was. Samba is, is uh, a mixture of what? Like It's like a mixture a, of uh, Cuban and, uh, help me out, Harry, uh, Cuban and Puerto Rican. Yeah. It's, like uh, salsa? Salsa. I, salsa. I said samba. I'm samba, sorry. It's right. salsa. Oh, salsa. Yeah, 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 salsa. yeah, yeah. See? Uh, Okay. I yeah, because samba, I, 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 do, I have heard of samba, but I, I didn't know if that was... Uh, salsa is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. My, yeah, my definitely, definitely I'm familiar so, with salsa. Uh, piquito, it's not salsa. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and at one time, I, I hear you, because at one time when I, uh, uh, in my walk of, of, of faith, I kind of like looked down uh-huh. on certain, uh, what I would call worldly styles of music. Right. And I would say, I, I, don't, I can't listen to that music, because I wasn't raised listening to that music, and I had... Uh, uh, a concept of that music, associating it with right. the worldly parties mm-hmm. and the worldly style of dancing and stuff. So I, I had a difficult time listening to it in Christian artists that had supposedly got saved and now they were just, all they did was change the lyrics and now they were just singing the mm-hmm. same type of music but right. but with Christian lyrics. So I would look down on that. But as I was sharing with you earlier, I have heard songs of every style. Uh-huh. <laughs> That has blessed my heart, you know. So now I'm at a point where I, I can't judge them. I can't uh, mm-hmm. uh, look down on, on on that style of music, and uh, I listen to it. And 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 I'm not. I haven't bought any al- albums of Christian salsa, but mm-hmm. I've heard songs and I have some on my iPod that are totally a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even hear the the hear it as salsa. I don't. Right. It, it just sounds. It's a song. It's right. a blessing. It's right. a worship song. It's great. It's it's. Um, there's some that are evangelistic. There's mm-hmm. one salsa song that I remember. It's talking. It's very funny. At the same time, it's talking about uh, you need to repent. You need uh-huh. to get right with God. Time is short, and uh, there's only two choices. You're either going to serve God or you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And there's no air conditioning in hell. And it starts <laughs> talking about things like that. And it's kind of funny. But it's great. It's yeah, an awesome yeah. song, you know, yeah. and uh, and it is salsa. So I've heard merengue, Christian merengue, Christian uh-huh. uh, uh, rap, and all these different styles. You you know so much about more than I do, but um, many of them have blessed my heart. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say the key element uh, that you take all of these styles? Salsa, you take merengue, you take gospel, you take contemporary Christian, you take. Uh, what people call Christian jazz. I mean, you take all of these styles. What is the key element? You know, when a listener is listening to these these various styles of, of Christian genre, uh, what's the key element that's got to be significant in all of them? I think the key element is the life of the the, the artist or the, the, the worshiper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the word is a two-edged sword. If, if, if both edges are not sharpened, right the life and the words, the lyrics mm-hmm. and the life behind it, then it's dull. Absolutely. It, it doesn't yeah. like reach its mark. There's something missing. It can mm-hmm. sound good. The music sounds good. The melody's 
cute, it's catchy, right. but it doesn't impact you. Exactly. Yeah. But when there's a life behind it that has been touched by God, then by the grace of God, you can call it the anointing, you can call it whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, but it's there. It's right. God's ministering to you. And you just, I've heard songs on radio which I, without even deep bass quality or anything that have mm-hmm. caused me to weep because I, it's just there. It's yeah. just yeah. God is ministering yeah. to you through that song. Yeah. So um, it's it's the message and the messenger. The message and the messenger. And it's always then in that order. It's the message, then the messenger. And yeah. we we like to say here, if we ever put the messenger in front of the message, and we we fail to present an unblemished gospel, so it's always the message, and then uh, the messenger. And we can get caught up in various styles of music. And, and here's the reality of it. You know, if I go to Puerto Rico, I'm not expecting to hear a whole lot of gospel there. Yeah. Or CCM. I, yeah. I expect to hear what's indigenous to that culture. Right, you know? right, right. Uh, and I think what happens is a lot of times musically we get caught on this with this wheel in our head to thinking that what we do is the way it's done in heaven. Even, oh, man. And oh, that man. they can't be possibly worshiping God over there. But when we travel and do mission trips and stuff, I'm always looking for something that's indigenous to the culture. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we've gone to 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 Israel and we've gone to, to Russia. We've gone throughout Europe to Africa, to Argentina and all these countries. And I, I am often blown away by the fact that every time we go, all I hear is what we do Wow, here wow. in the States. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, such, yeah. A, such a Western influence. Yeah. And I'm always looking for that indigenous cultural worship. What's yeah. authentic to Yeah. When we went culture? to Burundi, I don't know if you remember, we were in a stadium and those guys got up there and started yeah. worshiping, dancing in a way we we weren't used to seeing. Exactly. I'm going to be honest with you. There was a judgmental uh, attitude arising mm. in my heart mm. towards these, these guys. Uh-huh. I, like if it was carnal right. uh, worship, I was reproved beyond uh, measure by the time of the end of the trip i was also lifting my chair Absolutely. up and i was also <laughs> jumping up and down because it was god you know yeah. and if i had gone through what these people had gone through i would be jumping up and down like mm-hmm. these people were so it, i saw it as a cultural thing i saw it as an experiential thing and it was just god and he dealt with my heart in right. terms of that judging you know, i think people can't afford we can't afford to lose our culture because the mainstream Christian music industry, if you will, mm-hmm. has such influence on the ministry that that we, we you know, I've seen a lot of circles just lose their culture as a result of it to mm-hmm. where, you know, Hispanic circles aren't singing Hispanic worship songs anymore. You right, know, right, or, right. and African-American churches are not singing African-American gospel anymore or, you know, and so people can easily lose their culture by conforming to mainstream. But I'm always looking for that cultural yeah, yeah, vibe, yeah. you know that thing that's indigenous. It's 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 authentic to Absolutely. that culture. So that's why I bought out salsa because I got I got turned on to it. I got a friend who sends me something new every week. Wow, wow! And so my salsa Christian salsa collection is wow, is that's growing. awesome. <laughs> yeah, for me, it, just the way he redeems a life, mm-hmm. he could redeem a style of 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 worship. Absolutely. He can it could be created just for parting. And mm-hmm. God can say, you know what? Right. I'm going to turn this around. Yeah. And, and you're going to be parting for me. You're going yeah. to be, uh, you know, <laughs> celebrating with the same joy, but Amen. with a different heart. Different heart, different partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We're going to take one more break. We're going to come back and then we're going to wrap it up right here with Elder David O'Neill.
Everybody's got a favorite song. Um, what's yours? Right off the top of my head, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus, mm. just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the say of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and also, uh, this is my story, this is my song, yeah. praising my Savior all the day long. Um I, I could go on, but yeah, it's several hymns songs. like that that just uh, hit hit home and touch my heart for uh, no, I guess no apparent reason, but God God knows why uh, they became life. Right. They became life to me. Um, there's yeah. a song in my heart that the angels can't sing. Redeem, redeem. That's one of my. It just whenever somebody says you got a song, that's the song that pops up <laughs> in my in my heart because uh, it is my song. Yeah, you know, I have been redeemed. Uh, but there's so many. I can't sure, really sure. say there's one favorite song. Yeah, I have the same thing. I, I, I say people, everybody has a favorite song, but I mean everybody has favorite songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there are many that speak uh, the sentiments of our hearts and, yeah. uh, and and speak our testimony in different ways. And so yeah. oh, that's great. Now, no guest has ever been on the podcast without sending us out with a song. But before before you think of one... <laughs> <laughs> I want sing you a to duo sp- here because uh, you got you to help me out here. I want you to speak to our young audience because we, we get a lot of young musicians, a lot of young aspiring musicians and singers and actors and actresses and et cetera who listen to this podcast. And everybody's trying to make it. Not everybody, but, you know, they're, they're all trying to release their music and get their songs out and trying to record the next demo, the, re- the next LP or EP, and uh, just trying to make a name uh, you know, some for themselves, uh, some genuinely want to glorify God. But in the mix, there's always what they bring to the table. It's always what we bring to the table. It's about skill and talent and musical brilliance. Uh, what would you say to the young artists and the not so young artists who was pursuing this area of ministry, all about their gifts and talents and the the danger, if you will, of of shadowing or overshadowing uh, in their own mind the, the the need for the Holy Spirit to lead, direct, move them in this area, to be patient, to wait. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say to those artists? Well, the Word of God says that the way we were saved, that's the way we should walk 
in it. Mm-hmm. If, if we're, we're saved by grace, so we were saved by faith in Jesus Christ, not by works. Mm-hmm. So we're called to walk trusting in that grace right. and to walk in faith, trusting in his leading, his guiding, his power to do what we can't do. We couldn't mm-hmm. save ourselves. Right. So in the same measure, I, I believe we're called in every area of ministry to trust him and to let him lead, let him open whatever door he wants to open. First of all, the, the, the open door in our hearts to trust him, to, to open that heart where we would be at peace and know mm-hmm. that God ordains our steps and he orders our steps because that's the first step. If we don't have that peace, we're always going to be striving and yeah. struggling to do something for God. But um, if we have that peace, um, we don't have to push any door open. We don't have to figure it out. We yeah. don't have to make these connections that we think we got to make in order to do something great for God or put our talents to good use. He already knows where he wants us and how he's going to use us. So I would encourage the young people, begin by faith. It's all about Mm -hmm. faith, trusting in God. Abraham didn't know where he was going. He couldn't even tell his wife where God was going to lead him. But he's the father of faith, and he just knew that God was telling him, go. So he went, trusting that God would lead him and guide him and order his steps. And God did. So um, uh, there's nothing to, to worry about. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he gave you the talents he's gave you. He's given you the giftings he's given you. He'll make a way. You don't have to push any door open. If you're doing it for the wrong reasons, then there is the possibility of failure. If you're doing it for the right reason, then there's no failure. Mm-hmm. There's no loss. Right. It, whether you become known or not known, you are doing it with the right heart. God's going to use your life Absolutely. to bless his name Absolutely. and bring glory to his name. Tis so sweet. Yes. To trust in him. Tis so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Send us home. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I've proved you o'er and Jesus, Jesus, Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on TSC Music with a Mission. Join my King in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. 
Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn and Jungbin Kim, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we dive into a discussion on the Christian music business in the first of a series of podcasts called The Industry of the Ministry. (laughs) 